Hello, and welcome to the Badass Business Squad podcast, where I help entrepreneurs like you feel lit up in their businesses by connecting them with the best community, education, and business strategy. I'm your host, Katrina Widener. Tune in each week for bite-sized episodes where I'll share implementable advice, interview guest experts, and highlight key takeaways from real hot seat meetings inside the Badass Business Squad group coaching program. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Badass Business Squad podcast. I'm your host, Katrina Widener, and today I'm here with Whitney Morrison. I am so excited to dive into our topic today. It is all about building wealth, which all entrepreneurs want, but it's a no-budget philosophy to building wealth, a low-restriction philosophy to building wealth, which I think is going to be super, super impactful for everyone listening. So thank you so much, Whitney, for coming and joining me today. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. First of all, before we dive into everything, I'm going to have you tell me a little bit about you and your business, but then everyone, we're going to also start a little bit with just like Whitney's personal story so you can really understand how she came to this particular philosophy around money, which I'm really excited to dive into. So really quickly, if you could just tell us who you are and what you do, then we can dive in. Yes, absolutely. So I'm Whitney Morrison. I'm a certified financial planner, which basically just means I took a shit ton of tests as it relates to money. And I would call myself a money expert. I've been doing this work for about 12 years and my business is holistic money. What I do in my business is actually much deeper than just traditional financial planning because I found with myself and even with my clients that giving them a money plan, sitting down and being like, hey, here's your money, here's what you need to do, isn't actually enough to get them into the action of building wealth. So the work that I do with my clients takes a holistic approach to wealth building by addressing what I call the three dimensions of wealth, which are inner wealth, outer wealth, and higher wealth. Inner wealth is connecting your money with your internal abundance. Outer wealth is connecting your money with your external environment. And then higher wealth is connecting your money with your higher purpose and what it is that you really want to create in the world. And I find that those three dimensions are actually what work together to not only have people build wealth, but also build the life that they love and feel really good with money. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that there's going to be a lot of people who are like, okay, cool. This makes so much sense. It also just feels like a much, I don't know, kinder way of approaching money, if that makes sense. I was supposed to say a holistic way of approaching money, which would make complete sense. (laughs) Yeah, I like kinder. I also think it's just more integrated. And I think Mm -hmm. for a lot of my audience, they hadn't necessarily felt comfortable with money or wealth And I think just going into my personal money story, I'll just segue into that now because it really did inform the work that I do with people with money. So like I said, I've been a financial planner for 12 years, but I've only really been a good financial planner for like five of those 12 years. And a big reason why was because of my relationship with money. So for the first seven years in my job as a financial planner, I felt like a huge fraud because I was helping people with their own money and helping them build wealth when in the background, my own finances were shit. So it was an interesting experience for me 
because I knew, like I said, I'm a certified financial planner among many other certifications, series six, series seven. So I had all of the knowledge that I really needed to be good with money, but I just could not get my own money shit together for a long time. It really took me taking a different approach to money and wealth to get to where I am today. So seven years ago, I was in debt, no savings. And when I say debt, I mean credit card debt, a lot of it. Today, seven years later, I have a seven-figure net worth. And the process to get me from point A to point B looked so different than the education I received as a financial planner. And I was like, okay, I know I can't be alone out there. I know there's got to be a lot of other people who intuitively know what to do. Like, hey, you got to spend less than you earn to build wealth. Like, okay, I know how to do that. I know to do that, but I'm not doing that. And why? That is the work I do. That's what I help people with, really understanding their relationship to money, how money feels to them, how they use money, what's important to them with money, and unpacking all of that to get to the essence of what they want to do with their life with money. And I had to do that for myself to get to where I am. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that there are so many people out there who, like you said, like you can't be the only one who resonate with that story where like, I know technically what to do, or I've tried to budget, or I've tried all these things, and yet it feels insurmountable, or it feels like this like big stressor, right? So often money feels like a stressor to people, and especially in the entrepreneur world where you are the person who is solely responsible for bringing that money in. Of course, it feels like this huge thing to you. So I love that. I love that approach. Just to dive even more in what would you say are some of the biggest shifts that you've made in your philosophy around money? What are the ways that you approach money now that are so different from what you were doing in the past? Yeah, that's a good question. The first thing that I really had to unwind is I really believed that building wealth meant cutting back. I thought it meant restriction. I thought it meant saying no. I thought it meant not being able to live a great life. And I really, really had to do some work on that foundational belief because what happened for me is every time I thought I wanted to be good with money, what it actually looked like was me being miserable, you know? And then I would be like, fuck this. I don't want to have to cut back all the time and feel like I'm saying no and not get to live the life that I want today. And so I'm just going to avoid my money and I'm going to just do whatever I want. But then the worry when I was on that side of the coin got really big and then I'd switch back over to, okay, now I need to be good again. And now I got to be good with my money and I got to say no and I got to stop spending so much. So it's like my whole relationship to wealth building was all about restriction And I had to really start to understand that wealth building is not about having less in your life. It's actually about having more in your life. And it's about expansion and making room for more and creating more and being willing to receive more. Like that was a hard lesson to learn because it was incredibly uncomfortable because it really started to 
make me question my worthiness, my worthiness to really receive large amounts of money and actually have large amounts of money in my bank accounts and be willing to be with that, have capacity to have money in my accounts and even derive pleasure from it because I'd never had it before. Because when I had money in my accounts, I was like, shit, I need to go spend it because it's all going to go away (laughs) anyways, you know? Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. So what would you say was the catalyst for you switching your mindsets? Was there like a moment where you're like, okay, I need to just get this figured out? Was there like an aha moment where someone like dropped a truth bomb and you're like, oh, this finally clicks. I know what steps to take. What was that moment like for you? It was seven years ago. I had left my job at Wells Fargo Advisors and I started to work for this content creator who I so deeply admired and was willing to get paid peanuts to work with her. She paid me $1,500 a month and I moved out of my downtown apartment. I moved into this house where I was renting a room for $500 a month, but I still didn't have enough to build wealth. And I got really fed up and started spending a lot of money. And then I literally did not have any money. I had to ask my mother to pay my rent for me. And I was like 27 or 28. And I was like, okay, what is happening here? You were supposed to be a financial professional and you are calling your mom because you're in debt. You have a job that pays you shit. And you are willing to accept so much less than what you're actually worth. What's going on? It really was the phone call with my mom because that to me was, I was just embarrassed having to call my mom and ask her to pay my rent. So I really had to like look at myself and say, okay, we're not going to continue to accept so much less than what we're worth. Money is actually very important. It's got to become a priority and you have to be able to work on how you can receive more and use it in a way that's going to get you more of what you want in your life. Yeah. I am sure that there are people who are like, I've been there or I feel that, or I've had my own moment like that. Yes. It's very powerful also to share that because everyone knows what it feels like to be embarrassed or to possibly even have that exact moment, right? Or something similar. So what were the like first steps that you took after that moment to be like, I need to make a change? And obviously I'm giving the caveat. She's not giving specific financial advice to you right now. I'm just curious, like what were the very first steps that you're like, I need to make a change. Here's how I'm going to do that. Yeah, it's a great question because I often think my financial journey has literally created the foundation for my process that I work with my clients on and that I teach in my course. There are four phases of wealth building. First phase is survival phase, which is where I was. I was in that phase where I was living on credit cards. I wasn't making enough money to actually pay my bills. So the first step in the survival phase for me was I had to figure out how to make more money than I was spending. I had to like have more than what was going out. There's really two ways people can do that. You can increase your income or you can decrease your expenses. But in that survival phase, the whole thing you got to do is you just got to figure out how to stop living on credit cards by either increasing your income or decreasing your expenses. 
So the way that I chose, because I went down the decreasing expenses route, is I was like, fuck getting paid $1,500 a month. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and I really made a decision where I was like, whoa, I don't have to work for this content creator any longer. I can go find a job. And at that point, that was the next step that I needed to take. I wasn't in a sturdy enough place within myself to start the business that I have today. I needed to build my foundation first. So honestly, I had another person ask me this. They were like, how did you go from $15,000 a year to I got a job at Wealthsimple, which is a fintech startup paying me $120,000 with a bonus. I'd never made that amount of money in my life. I had zero evidence to support that I could actually go do that. But what I did is I decided that what I could bring to that company was a lot more robust because I had learned a lot from the content creator. She was actually a money content creator. I'd learned a lot about building audiences. And so I just, I took those skills. I was like, okay, these are valuable skills. How can I leverage this uniquely and position myself uniquely at a financial firm so that they see me as more valuable than just a standard financial planner? And I just decided I'm not accepting less than a hundred and I got 120 in a bonus. But I think the biggest thing there, it was the decision that I made. And the idea that I really started to understand like, okay, if I want to make this money, I have to leverage my value. I have to leverage my value strategically to position myself in that way. That's a skill most entrepreneurs get taught, but employees need to know that skill too. I'm glad that you mentioned that too, because I know that there are entrepreneurs who are listening to this who are probably not thinking about what their differentiating factors are and actually leveraging those. Obviously, as entrepreneurs, there are so many different aspects to charging more or bringing in more clients. And I talk a lot on this podcast about not trading your time and energy for money, being able to say like, I'm not going to make more money by just like devoting more and more in my time because that is the number one resource entrepreneurs give up in terms to try to find more money is their time or their energy. But also like, how do you sit down and say, here are some of the truly badass skills that I have that other people in my industry might not have, right? I look at myself as a business coach. I started out as a magazine journalist with search engine optimization, actual experience in my role, with writing and editing. I was a social media manager. I was a marketing specialist. I'm not just a business coach. I also have this vast experience behind me that led me to where I am today. And standing firm in those qualities and truly deciding that you're worth those things, right? It is that self-worth aspect. It's not just saying, okay, I guess I'm going to like say that I'm going to raise my prices because I need to make more money. It's saying, no, I am truly adding my skills and qualities into the mix and pricing myself accordingly or getting paid accordingly with that in mind. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Yeah, and I'll say that on my path, to making more money. Starting my business initially, I was charging $500 for one-on-one financial planning. And then 
I coach myself to start charging 1500, 3000, 5000 and I just started charging more and more, but I'll say in the beginning I didn't have what you just described. I didn't have that self-worth really built up inside of me. And I didn't feel grounded and aware and really understanding of my own value. I was just kind of absorbing messages from the coaching world that's like, you want to make more money? Increase your prices. It actually worked for me temporarily because I ended up making a lot of money very fast, but it was the most painful, uncomfortable way I made money ever. Like making money, you you wouldn't necessarily connect it with pain, but to receive that money and feel like such a fraud, like people would give me money and be like, oh my God. Okay. All right. Um, I am a terrible person. I can't believe that I just took all of that money from them and now I'm going to try to help them with their money and they're not even going to do that great. Like totally just bringing myself down. And so my high income year really came to a halt. And now it's been a fascinating process because my first year rocket ship, $300,000 this year, which is my second year in business, 160, half of that, much less pain though, much less pain. So it's just very interesting. Like the work that you're describing, how truly important it is to making money and building wealth. Mm-hmm. I think that that's, ooh, I'm not going to remember who talked about this. And I apologize to the person who first brought this up. It's in a book I read. Can't remember the name of the book. But they talk about our subconscious mind as if we have a thermostat setting. Our thermostats are basically saying like, I have this constant temperature that I've set it at. And maybe I've set it so that it goes down a little bit at night or in the summer. Maybe it's like different, right? But you set it and then you walk away. And our brains do the same thing where it's like, this is what I'm used to. So this is what I am setting my thermostat at. When in reality, all you have to do is go in and raise that in order to be able to bring in more, to be open to more, to be open to more abundance, more joy, more grace, more ease, whatever it is you're looking for. But you have to do the hard work to change that subconscious mind and change that thermostat setting. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard because it is supremely uncomfortable the process of receiving money, especially large amounts of money, I really connect it with the process of loving myself more deeply. And so when people ask me, why do you want to make a lot of money? First of all, I love money because I want to do all the amazing things in the world that I can with money. But what's actually closer to my heart and what actually feels most true for me is that for me, making more money is an exercise in loving myself more deeply. Because it requires that I am willing to be more visible, that I'm willing to be more seen, that I'm willing to say the wrong thing, quote unquote, the wrong thing to the wrong person that potentially offends them, even if it's not my intention or it actually is my intention. And I don't like that I did that. The process of receiving more money is the process of loving yourself more unconditionally, especially in entrepreneurship, because you have to be willing to love yourself even when you do things you don't want to do, or you say the thing that people don't like. Cause 
more money you make as an entrepreneur, more visible you become, more impact you're making, more people have things to say about it and think about it and get mad about it or happy. You know what I mean? Yes. So yeah, it's totally that inextricably linked, I believe. Yes. Yes. I think that this is why it is so important. And I'm so glad that you came on the podcast today to talk about this different approach to making money. There's also a more feminine energy around this approach to making money where we've typically been taught the masculine way of making money, right? It's typically way more around like push hard and hustle and work and do this and blah, 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 blah. And it really is, like you said earlier, a very integrated way of making money because we often view money as if it is a specific silo of our lives that isn't connected with anything else except for our work. Being able to say like, no, every single part of my life is interconnected, including my self-worth and how much money I come in. How does that not feel just supremely obvious? (laughs) It wasn't forever for me. I remember being like, yeah, I want to do more holistic work with people with money. But it like was not clear how the money that I made was connected to my inner work. Like I didn't understand it for so long. And now that I'm in it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I get it. Your inner work is a direct reflection of the amount of money you make. Truthfully, I really believe it's your inner thinking, like the way that you think about money, the way that you think about yourself, your value, all of that really determines the amount of money that you make and keep and what you do with it and what kind of life you build. Thank you so much for talking about this and sharing that. Of course, it's it's time to wrap up the podcast. I mean, we could continue talking about this for a really long time. Yeah. Really what I want to kind of have everyone walk away with is just a way that they can maybe learn more from you or get more in your world so that they can continue on this holistic journey with their money. Totally. So How can people find you after the call, hang out in your space, et cetera, et cetera? Okay. First thing that everyone can do and that I highly suggest everyone do is to take my money map training, which is my no budget approach to money planning. And I think the reason why this training is so wonderful is because it really teaches you how to manage your money but really how to manage your mindset around money. So managing money doesn't feel so bad for you in your life. And it's way simpler than budgeting. There's like no spreadsheets, no categorizing expenses, no how much money you spend on cat food versus entertainment versus going out to eat required. It is simply looking at the three main places you want your money to go in your life deciding how much money goes there now, how much money you want to go there in the future, and then streamlining and automating all of it. And throughout the training, I teach you the system, but also the mindset of the system, which that in itself will change your relationship to money and managing money. So start there. Perfect. And then how about like, what's your website, social media links? Where can they find you there? Sure. My website is www.holistic-money.com. And my Instagram handle is at holistic money. Perfect. Thank you so much, Whitney, for coming on here. I've really appreciated it and really enjoyed our conversation. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Katrina. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If what you heard was impactful in any way, it would mean the world to me if you left a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And if we aren't friends on Instagram yet, come join the party at katrina.widener or come visit the website at katrinawidener.com.